Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Film Junk Podcast for Tuesday, February 21st, 2023. This is episode number 884, and my name is Sean. Snoopy Douglas, and I'm very excited to be here on the Film Junk Podcast to talk about the new picture in Man Quantumania's Church. <laughs> and my name is Frank. <laughs> Coming up on this week's episode, we've got a review of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. We're also going to probably talk about a few other things we watched. You know how it goes. Thanks for tuning in. Glad to have you guys with us. And we also have a couple of special guests. Uh, first up, Mr. Greg Gaspari. Welcome back to the Film Junk Podcast. Thank you. I am here to talk about the biggest movie so far in 2023 and uh, participate in this group therapy session that we're about to get started. <laughs> Just an intervention? Was I unaware of this? Well, because it's about you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Am I getting ambushed here? It's all mm -hmm. about that NW zero sugar. Probably should be sweating right about now. Yeah. Uh, the other special guest, it's been quite a while, Mr. Nuno Pereira. Welcome back to the Film <clears throat> Junk Podcast. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. It's uh, good to be back. Hello, junkers. It's now. Do you remember the last episode you're on? I feel like it's been a couple of years at least. I was thinking about this. Um, the last one I can remember is uh, Steve McQueen's Widows. I think oh. it's, that was like late 2018. Wow, that is quite a while. Yeah, damn. I think it was away for that one. Probably why Nuno was here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, we do get to you know see each other and talk on TV junk all the time. Uh, case in point, the most recent episode, Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, which is now up. God That's bless right. Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So everyone should go check that out. Um, that was a fun discussion. And I was surprised the ratio of likes to dislikes on that show. So maybe you'll be surprised too. I was. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, we should say, I mean, Dax couldn't be here. And he was just at Vancouver Comic-Con, I believe. Yep. But there was a big announcement out of Vancouver Comic-Con. Volume well, 3. Yeah, Force Folk Volume 3 is coming to Kickstarter. So, uh, Frank, come on. I didn't even know. Got to stay on top of these things. But, yeah, I... Uh, was this Fair on uh, Twitter? So, like, was this even on his Instagram? Am I sleeping was, or wow. what? I saw it on wow. Twitter, I believe. Um, I mean, he didn't even mention it to us in person. So, I mean, it was a shock. I am but. literally shook. <laughs> <laughs> so, Maybe yeah, I so, started something. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know it, like when the Kickstarter starts, but keep an eye out for that. And... Um, I don't think, is there anything else we need to mention? I guess uh, Pulp Heroes Premium coming up soon. And also, um, I guess, should we, we need to clear something up here. So, Jay, you originally, you were planning to see Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. There was kind of some chatter in between episodes that maybe you might be vetoing uh, off off air which, you know, is kind of, uh, I don't know how I feel about that, but I don't know how Frank feels about that. But can you confirm what is a veto in play here tonight? 
In a great week, Sean. I'm happy to be here. I like talking about movers. Movers. Hi, Nuno. Hi, Nuno. Hello, Soundboard. Hello, Soundboard. <laughs> soundboard has turned sentient. <laughs> I, I'm a huge fan of the Soundboard, so this means a lot being on the show with, uh, with the live Soundboard. I think this is technically Jay's phone, not being put fed through the soundboard. This is Snoopy Douglas, and you are listening to the Film Junk Podcast. <laughs> um, I I did uh, I did end up seeing it. Sean. You did, okay. Yes. Why did you? Not, was it, what was the reason? For what? For not vetoing. Not vetoing. Yeah, you were gonna call a last minute veto when we spoke and then I was giving you the gears a little bit, but I, I was generally okay with it. But what happened? I just wanted to be a part of the conversation, especially with our special guests. All right. Sorry, bud. Let's get into it. Yeah. I mean, that's great news. I'm very excited to have all of us discuss Ant-Man hey, and bud. the Wasp Quantumania. Sorry, bud. Sorry, bud. <laughs> sorry bud sorry bud <laughs> jay I, I wanted to add i almost died several times because of the soundboard um i only listen to podcasts while i'm driving and a lot of the times when you're like freestyle doing like mixes to songs especially like the mailbox intro, uh, intros i'm usually laughing so hard i'm always behind the wheel and yes i've almost gotten into collisions from laughing at your sweet sweet freestyles i mean if that would be the dream <laughs> to have <laughs> you get into an accident. I love that, it. It's almost a hundred percent guaranteed. That's how I'm going to leave this world is, is while, while listening <laughs> to the soundboard. I mean, I'm a little scared to I ask. Gwyneth Paltrow all the way from the big screen. <laughs> Hi, Frank. This is Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> Hi, it's Gwyneth Paltrow all the way from the big screen. <laughs> Hi, Hi Frank. This is Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> I don't know what's Gwyneth. <laughs> I'm the narrator, staying focused while reading is hard, but speech of... Hi, Frank. This is Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> Frank. Um, yeah, so I, I just saw it. I mean, I, I saw it last night. Cool. Um, so I'm good okay. to go. Okay. Well, we'll get into that in a minute here, I guess. I mean, uh, Greg, is there anything you wanted to mention in terms of upcoming TV junk, ball junk, anything to plug in right up front here? We'll have a couple episodes uh, coming up later in March of uh, TV junk. Good one. Featuring and then, and then we'll Night have, Court? Uh, yeah, of course. The, uh, <laughs> the first six seasons of the original Night Court. We're going to no, do one. No, the new Night Mar Court. Oh, oh, the new one. No, we're not going to do a do one. We're going to do uh, the first season of Yellow Jackets to prep for the um, the new season that's coming out. And then uh, the, uh, the the union that everybody has been asking for is the TV junk meets game junk to review The Last of Us. Oh, yeah. That's going to be spicy. It will be. Even Nuno has he sent me some Instagram messages, which I just realized I didn't reply to. About uh, the, the, produ the production design on Last of Us. People need to call it out. It needs to be addressed. Frank's going to take it down a notch. I'm Everybody's not going to take it down this necessarily. Is, 
everyone's saying this is the greatest show ever. Is it still mm. like uh, number one on IMDb? Like, Probably. <laughs> yeah, what's the current IMDb rating? <laughs> has everyone know. has everyone watched episode five? No, I haven't nope. watched any of it. Okay. I've I've watched episode five. All right. Maybe I'll save it for. T- uh, will I be on TV Junk? I'm not sure, but um. You want to? Yeah, I I almost want to stop watching after episode five. Wow! Now yeah. that's spicy. Yeah. <laughs> You're out. Okay. Nine point two went down from nine point nine to nine point two. Hmm. Okay. I guess maybe, it was inevitable, but maybe I, it's just me. It's got to be doing big numbers on IMDb. It is popularity ranking. Number one, number one thing mm-hmm. on IMDb, I guess. I don't know if it separates. No, that inc- yeah, out of TV shows, number one TV show. Hmm. So it's a hot property. What, where's uh, where does the new Night Court rank? <laughs> <laughs> number not, two, uh, got to be number two. Let's see, it's not. It's not in the top one hundred. I don't think. Number three. Hi, this is Tommy Tellerico. <laughs> Frank owns Last of Us. Don't touch it. <laughs> Two hundred and twelve down from ninety. Ugh. Oh, so you might only be getting one season of Night Court. Then I better That's not cherish good. it. <laughs> um. Okay, Nuno. Anything? Um, anything you want to plug up front here? Um. Oh, I guess just uh, like my website or something or anything. You can plug that for sure. Oh, okay. Thanks. Yeah. Um, My online portfolio featuring uh, my comic covers that I uh, illustrate uh, mostly for Archie Comics and other publishers is uh, nunop.com or nunop.com. And there should be links to all my socials. So what's the what's the latest cover that you worked on that you're allowed to talk about? Um, it was, uh, pops chocolate shop of, of horrors. Yeah. It's like, um, a one shot. There's a lot of Archie horror stuff where they're taking old characters and concepts and doing a one issue dark horror theme to it. So, um, yeah, I've got a fun cover with Veronica serving up a pink milkshake, which is, sentient and kind of like a monster like a squid monster nice cool (laughs) yeah that's awesome are you gonna have any uh ant-man ones uh no not in the pipeline i could say there is a last of us cover all right um that's being planned or a a parody Um, are you going to refuse to draw it I I just might, yeah. I don't know. After after episode five, I kind of just lost all interest in in everything Last of Us. I'm just putting mm. my foot down. Even the game, I got to catch up on this show. I've I've never played the game actually, but I'll probably buy it at some point. Yeah, I I, I hear the game's really good, mm. but I I don't have any history with it. It is a great game, one of the best games ever made. Nice. Game of the year, maybe even. Possibly. <laughs> maybe. I mean, it was the debated eyes of some as people. the best game, game of, of all year. time on Game Jump. <laughs> what? Game 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 of the year. Best game of all time. Best TV show of all time. Ahead ahead of Kubert? The, the game and the show? 
<laughs> yeah, that's ahead of Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> <laughs> Just got that bundle for free last week. Pretty sweet. Um, okay. Well, uh, before we get into this week's review, we do have a shout out. You still DJing over there, Jay? No. You need me to play it over again? You can. You can go. <laughs> that right. one's too short. Yeah, I know. play me. Play a longer one. Uh, okay. So Nuno can listen in safety. Frank. Yeah, this is what we're talking about. He's this terrible, despicable little sack. Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> so this week's hero is uh, Justin Holloway. Mm. I, almost, I almost thought it was Josh for a minute there. Hey, he just announced a new show. Yeah. What? Really? Josh Jar-Jar. Holloway and... Or is it Damon Lindelof? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's... Uh, I think it's a bad robot thing. Really? It's pretty sweet. Yeah, he's but this back. Is, this is not Josh Holloway. No, this is Justin. Which is fine. This is Justin. <laughs> is it Justin and- Holloway or Holloway? Holloway. Holloway, um, thank you for being a hero. Yeah, thanks for your support. We really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, anyone out there who would like to become a hero, patreon.com slash film junk. That's where you can do it. Jay, did you, did you say Josh Holloway? I thought that's what they said, didn't you say? I said Justin Holloway. Oh. I thought you were saying the lost performer pronouncing his name is Josh Holloway. I, I don't think so, but... I mean, maybe I don't know. <laughs> just play back the tape. I'm not listen just because I just because I rewatched six seasons of Lost in a month doesn't make me an expert on how to pronounce every one of their names. All right, so let's get into this week's uh, review, which is Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. We've got a clip. Let's take a listen. Um, I don't know who you are, but you've made a big mistake. Okay? I'm an Avenger. I've called the other Avengers. You're an Avenger? Have I killed you before? What? They all blur together after a while. You're not the one with the hammer. It's Thor. We get confused a lot. Similar body types. Who are you? Just a man who's lost a lot of time, like you. But we can help each other with that. So, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is directed by Peyton Reed and stars Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, uh, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer, Jonathan Majors, and Catherine Newton. Plot synopsis is Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne, along with Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne, explore the quantum realm where they interact with strange creatures and embark on an adventure that goes beyond the limits of what they thought was possible. What did you guys think of Ant-Man and the Wasp? Quantumania. And uh, we'll throw it over to Nuno first, if, if you're ready to sure. kick things off. Okay. Um... I really like the first. Wow! <laughs> I really like the first two Ant Man films, and I rewatched them uh, with my kids before watching Quantumania. 
And I feel like Quantumania doesn't feel like an Ant-Man film as much as it feels like it's in service to the MCU bigger picture. So I think, you know, I was missing, I was missing some of that classic Ant-Man humor and like half the cast. I mean, like all of, uh, all of Scott Lang's, um, ex-con friends, uh, his ex-wife, uh, the new, uh, her, her new husband. I, I think I, I was surprised at how different it was from the other Ant-Man films. Um, I think it kind of took itself a bit too seriously in some regards. Um, yeah. It is like a serious drama in many ways. Right. I mean, like, am I, am I crazy for thinking that? Like it's, it's kind of (laughs) self-serious in, in the ways that an Ant-Man movie kind of shouldn't be. And I think overall, maybe the amount of time spent in the quantum realm with just so many visuals kind of going on, I was kind of getting like, like overstimulated and kind of like a fatigue from all of the visual effects. So the visual effects were too amazing for you. No, you know what? I was, (laughs) I was getting, I was getting visual effects fatigue. Like everything was otherworldly. Yeah, I mean, on, on, in, in, some, in some regards, I kind of I could see that it was very much kind of it was like in in it was kind of in tone with like the classic Jack Kirby cosmic artwork from the 60s. In some ways, a lot of the creature designs, but as a movie where there's just there's a constant bombardment of these visuals and it's going like full sci fi, whereas the other Ant Man films, I kind of liked how they're smaller stories and then you'd get you'd get smaller kind of fantastic or sci-fi moments and action pieces that kind of work with the story this was like fully committed to the sci-fi not sure if peyton reed was trying to you know show off his sci-fi chops in anticipation for fantastic four because i've heard that he's maybe still attached to that was he the director that Marvel had in mind. Yeah, I read something about uh, that, but I'm confused because I thought that movie already had a director. But like, I think he just a long time ago wanted to direct it or was pursuing okay. it. Had yeah, they, had, had he, they um, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. He he, when Fantastic Four was still with Fox, he proposed a uh, uh, Fantastic Four movie to them, and I think this was kind of what he had in mind for it. Because okay. it really felt like that. It did. It, it it felt like it would have been more at home as a Guardians of the Galaxy film or a Fantastic Four movie. Um, yeah. Like, have, have they announced who's going to be directing the MCU Fantastic Four? It looks like it's Matt Shackman who did uh, WandaVision, I think. Okay. This I hadn't thought about it, but like, there's the four-person family dynamic, which is pretty similar to the fantastic four and i I, I never clued in on that so uh, that sounds about right yeah yeah you know i I was uh yeah you know i don't don't think i've ever mentioned it to either of you but for years i was always like oh if they ever do fantastic four i think uh, g del t would be amazing but they'd have to like it would have to be departure like mcu would have to be like yeah we're gonna allow you to do your thing and it would never work obviously because everything is just so like amalgamated now and 
stylistically and visually everything is kind of everything all the mcu stuff has like the the the, the sitcom kind of dialogue right yeah so i don't think that would work with gdlt <clears throat> yeah i mean that's one of the i think why they've had challenges getting well maybe they haven't even tried but like getting sort of like more auteur t- type directors uh because they just you know you got to stick to the playbook essentially yeah. and i don't think people want to do that all the time i i i think it's time to shake things up you know like like bring in the auteurs like because at this point i don't know i'm with this phase particularly i'm i'm kind of bored with the marvel films i think i'm a bit more interested in the disney plus stuff to be honest yeah but and those do kind of feel like shakeups, like they they have a different tone or a vibe for each one of those series yeah exactly yeah yeah, I almost wish those were actually movies because I feel like the problem with them is they're just a bit too long and they kind of lose steam at some point. But there are, I think all the shows from the last phase are a bit more experimental than and more different than the movies have been. But um, Greg, what are, you, what are you saying about Quantumania? I didn't really like it. I think this is probably... It might be my least favorite of all the MCU movies. Like I liked Eternals more than this movie. Um, like it didn't feel like an Ant Man movie at all, um, and I didn't laugh once at any of the humor, um, which was it was that's unusual for me with these films because I usually you know at least smile or chuckle at least once during these things. But I I didn't find anything really all that funny. Um, I, I guess the wasp was in this movie because her name is in the title, but she's barely in the movie at all. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I think I might be getting tired of Paul Rudd. I'm, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but uh, I don't he's know. A if national he's, treasure, dude. Yeah, you, you don't like Paul Rudd? <laughs> I just how I dare you? He's, he's he doesn't like, age. He doesn't age. <laughs> he's so handsome. <laughs> Didn't you get your daily reminder? Just a daily reminder. Paul Rudd's the greatest, wow. sexiest man alive. Okay. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, uh, um, how dare I, I you? Don't know if he's a, he might not be a leading man. I, I, that I, might be the problem as well. I think he works best when he has, like, I don't think he is particularly comedically. I don't think he's like an amazing comedic actor, but I think he works good in a group comedically. And I just feel like, you know, they, they didn't, certainly this movie is, as Nuno said, more serious and less comedic to begin with, but there was no one for him to really work off of at all. So, yeah, like he he worked well in uh, in like Civil War, in in kind of like a collection of other heroes, and like Paul Rudd is he's kind of famous for being that other person in a whole bunch of movies, like in uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall and uh, in Anchorman, Anchorman Two, and Anchorman Three. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think the only thing that I really liked about this was Jonathan Majors. Um, I thought he was really good. Like, I, I understand that this is, this isn't supposed to be like the, the wrap up of the Ant-Man trilogy, but more as the launch of phase five of the MCU. It, we, like we know that Avengers, the Kang dynasty and Avengers secret wars are coming. And so we know that the Kang is going to be like a, a big deal. And they really talked him up a lot in this movie and it kind of fizzled out at the end. And I was really disappointed uh by the whole thing and yes it's uh, it's like a launching point film but that 
doesn't mean it doesn't have to be good as well. So yeah, I was bummed out. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I definitely want to talk more about Kang and spoilers, but I, that was the thing I heard a lot of people saying was like the saving grace of the movie. And I do like Jonathan majors and then particularly I liked him. I thought he was like pretty cool. Like at the end of Loki, like he kind of had presence and like just his scenes were kind of, um, I don't know. I was into them, but here I'm really questioning whether Kang is going to carry a whole arc of movies. Like he just doesn't seem that interesting to me, but I mean, we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah. The spoiler thing is kind of weird with that. And I like Jonathan Majors. I wasn't quite sold on him. I almost was, I hadn't seen a lot of his stuff, but there was, he, he was kind of fitting into the back like 10 years ago, potentially the, the Courtney Jai and Sam Worthington, where I wasn't like, and uh, he's changed as well, but who's the guy from Bullet Train? Um, Aaron Brad Pitt? Taylor Johnson. Aaron Taylor, Taylor Johnson. But then I saw the Creed 3 trailer, and I thought Jonathan Majors looked awesome in that. And I'm like, okay. And then getting into the spoiler stuff is where I see the most potential with him as an actor. And we'll get there. But uh, he also, King doesn't enter the movie until like at least an hour or so into the film. Like, I don't know if that's spoiler or not, but it doesn't really feel like it's building appropriately. Oh, sorry. There's a flash of him early, but uh, it, it really doesn't become a thing until later, which I thought was not a great structure idea, but this movie is so middle of the road and the, the production design elements, the fantasy creature designs uh, do feel more like guardians of the galaxy. And I liked those a lot, but the rest, like the, the writing, the family structure, the emotional elements or like, barely there like father daughter connection i just was not feeling any of that stuff and i think part of it is that it is basically a green screen movie uh and i completely agree with the special effects fatigue that nuno was feeling but i i was just so disconnected from this movie like kang and i liked kang's costume a lot the the reflective look of that costume and those were like the things i was grabbing onto when i was watching this i was looking for anything to like uh, i can barely remember an action set piece from the movie i remember um something reminiscent of world war z and also some kind of cool ideas with the growing and shrinking discs like throwing those on objects but that's about it. It's pretty forgettable. And I also, I don't know how this, the structure of building on the next major or what the next major Avengers movie is going to be. I'm not seeing it come together here. It feels like a lot of loose threads uh, that are really uninteresting these days. Yeah. I mean, I like I was kind of willing to write off phase four because COVID and all this stuff, like there were other problems, but now that we're getting into the next phase, I'm kind of wondering, like, is the MCU actually kind of in trouble? Like, I, I know that seems crazy to say, and it probably would take like five movies before interest actually drops. But right now I'm not feeling it. So I, 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 I will know. say again, it's not horrible. It's not offensive. It's not like I can't 
I could never watch this again. Or I, it was just like, I don't even care. I have no connection to what I'm watching right now. Yeah. Jay, what'd you think? Um, <clears throat> I thought Michelle Pfeiffer was stunning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, the, 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 it felt, you know how people say, uh, Twin Peaks, the return is a movie, a long movie. This is a, sh uh, or this felt like a TV show to me, a short TV show. Um, it's very like low stakes, which is fine because there's a, there's always the complaint of everything having to be high stakes in these films, but I would kind of disagree with that though. Like, I feel like the last two Ant-Man movies are pretty low stakes, but this one kind of changes it where it's like, I mean, it's kind of a big deal. Like this guy, right? Like with Kang there. Well, I mean, I guess if you want to look at the application of a character into this kind of clumsily woven into this story in order to set him up for the next phase. I'm, I think for the core characters that experience this story in this film, it's pretty insignificant and low stakes. Um, the only way to think of this as high stakes is to project into the, whatever films are coming after this. I mean, it literally is like 10 minutes in f the four people turning on a quantum realm device and being sucked into it. Like, uh, you know, honey, I shrunk the kids <laughs> and it's just such a goofy concept. Like, no, don't, don't turn that on. Ooh, we're being sucked in. <laughs> and then it, I just thought like, okay, does the whole movie take place in this fucking quantum realm? Yes. And I, quantum I did, mania, bud. It's a single location I, film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it takes place everywhere and nowhere at the same time. It made me wonder, like, is, is the whole multiverse, quantum uh, universe or quantum realm thing a, like, direction that is worth going down for, for Marvel? Like, it's a pretty... feels like they're establishing the brand around this kind of storytelling now. So it's very sci-fi and very uh, fantastic and, but it doesn't have all, like the, the original voice to kind of carry that and make it interesting. So the, I guess I was just, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of with Frank, like there wasn't anything that I, actively disliked or was offended by um but aesthetically a couple character designs were kind of fun and cool but all of the marvel movies just have this look now it's like this kind of golden like tinged overly uh designed ships with circles around them rings around them like everything looks the same it all yeah, looks like it it could exist in Asgard could exist in guardians of the galaxy. And I, I guess that's kind of the point that this tech, the technologies that pass through all of these films, the magic that passes through all of these films informs the universe, but it also makes everything look the same. And 
I agree with that Paul Rudd, his character is just uh, like the relationship with the daughter is kind of non-existent in this film. And, you know, it, it, everything, even, you know, Evangeline Lawley, she is, was okay as uh, the wasp, but she's not in it very much. Is she, is, so Michael Douglas is Paul Rudd's father? No. No. He's, no, uh, he, I mean, in real life. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> okay. I, I knew the characters weren't related. I was watching. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, too, is they they give a, a lot of stuff for Michelle Pfeiffer to do, which is kind of cool. But then they also give a lot of stuff to Michael Douglas. And I think just by doing that, now all of a sudden, the Wasp isn't in it that much. Doesn't have that much to do. And even Ant-Man, I feel like kind of takes the back seat a lot of the time uh which you know could be cool if if there was this kind of team dynamic there or something but like that's not really what this is uh well so no michael they, douglas they, go ahead greg they barely worked together yeah. you know michael douglas was off doing his thing and um um Michelle Pfeiffer uh, was off doing her stuff, and like, yeah. So, like, they, it's not like they were doing any 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 teamwork at all. So, like, it was it was just a an odd odd movie. And I think we got uh, like a bit of a bait and switch with uh, Ooh, Bill Murray is joining the MCU, and he was in it for forty five seconds. Spoiler. Yeah, I almost wonder with that. Like, I feel like it wasn't. I mean, maybe, maybe I missed it, but I feel like it wasn't really promoted that much and then like I, like nobody's really talking about it like i don't know if that's just proof that bill murray's canceled at this point but like it just felt like nobody is talking about that which Sean, are you growing a mustache yeah <laughs> uh, a little bit i just haven't really shaved but <laughs> oh i just noticed uh, it we've all got I've... mustaches except nuno nuno's got like the reverse yeah the fuck is going on dudes <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> <laughs> I think Jay's drinking cough syrup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's over. So I've been a good day. Well, I was wishing I did I did late veto this movie halfway through it. <laughs> and it's just uh, it's gotta be a COVID thing. I think that was this film during COVID, and they probably had I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a lot of different crews filming different characters doing different things on different green screens. And it was like a, a known production caveat for this movie. Uh, and it certainly doesn't help the film at all. And I know I'm sick of family stuff, but family. I don't know what the message is in this. Like they, they are a family. There's a father daughter bond. They're barely together. I think there's some element of activism or standing up for people, which is really not well done either. Uh, I don't know. Like the script is just so weak that as I mentioned, I was just grasping on for anything. Like when Michael Douglas has his hand, like how he controls the ship with those things that come over his, his hand. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's a cool idea. This is all anything. I'll take anything right now. That's cool. Uh, and I was just looking for stuff like that within the screen. Cause I was so disinterested in the characters. And if anything, this should have been the movie. Even if let's say we say it's a COVID production, 
lots of different directors. People are kind of isolated within the different shooting locations. When you see the spoilers, this should have been the Kang movie. It should have been framed around Kang and building up who that character is. And that should have been integrated into the plot. And Ant-Man should have been the secondary feature because that stuff is so weak. And if Kang is supposed to carry this next wave, this was the movie to do it in because there's not much else there. Well, I think it is. I think they're trying to do that. I just don't think there was anything there. Like I Sean, he's like, not there for the first hour of the movie other than 30 seconds. Yeah. But the, that second half is all Kang. And that's what I was going to say too, is like, I, I was kind of liking some of the initial sci-fi stuff, like the weird, the weirdness of it. But I feel like as soon as Kang comes in, it just gets dull. Like it just like starts to get even more serious than it was already feeling. And, we, have to, we haven't even addressed the weirdest thing of the movie, which is one of the things I liked, MODOK. Uh, and I thought that was really well done. It's awkward in a good way and weird in a good way. It reminded me slightly of Green Lantern. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name right now. When he takes like the... Ryan Reynolds. The, no. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> the villain in that, that takes like the growth serum or something and starts to become... Like, oh, he's the oh, uh, Peter Skarsgård, right? Peter Skarsgård? Is it Skarsgård? Yeah. Peter. There's, so, there's Peter Stellan Skarsgård. I, I get all those names confused. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it kind of gave me those vibes, like weird in a good way. Not that I thought the performance was all that great or what the character does, but I did like the look of Modoc and kind of was hoping for more of that character. I, I, I will say, I think the two times I laughed, I think the only times I laughed really hard had to do with Modoc. And I think it was dialogue. And uh, yeah, I was surprised that that they went all in with the MODOK. I, I know um, I had this conversation with my, my son and my brother-in-law years ago. And uh, they were determined that MODOK is going to appear in the MCU. And when they do, they hope that he's like exactly as he's depicted from like the original like designs. And I always thought they're, they're never going to go there. And uh, they did. Mo- Lo and behold, they did. Uh, my son was happy about Modoc. <laughs> I haven't talked to my brother-in-law yet. Um, I don't think he's watched the movie. But uh, yeah, there. I'll, I'll discuss it in spoilers. But there are two lines which I laughed pretty hard. And was one was one the acronym line? Nope. Okay, good because I was like, no. That, as they was- were say as they were saying it, I'm like, I already know what the joke is here. And if I can think of the joke while you're saying it, it's not a good joke. <laughs> okay. I, I agree that there were a couple laughs with Modoc towards the end for me, but mm-hmm. I I'm not like I wasn't super crazy about the visuals of it. I kind of thought that was a rare case where Marvel like actually took something from the comics because they usually prove that you can just take it from the comic, put it on screen, and it works. And I kind of thought this was one instance where it didn't quite work. I would have liked to have seen if they actually used Corey Stahl's face without kind of like disfiguring like his proportions like he, he's essentially i guess like he's obviously a cg model and i guess they've spaced his eyes and his nose and his mouth out to match the classic modok look with like the oversized mouth stubby nose and like big eyes but i thought in the end it didn't it didn't even resemble the actor anymore and his eyes were kind of so big that they looked kind of I don't know if they're poorly rendered. His eyes looked squishy and watery. It was kind of like unpleasant to look at his face. And I thought it would have been 
I think it could have been funnier if it was honestly just his head and then they kind of like, you know, CG like his little limbs and all the stuff around him. See, I liked it because it was unpleasant to look like to look at. And yeah. I was also I actually got the a different vibe. It didn't feel like computer generated to me. It felt like they actually took some kind of projection of his face and just like took a, a, a captured performance and wrapped it around a model or something like that. Ra- it's, rather, like, it's, I, like a, it's like a Snapchat filter or something. That's kind of vibes that I was yeah. Well, it's like if you if you modeled Modoc and then videoed so had some way of capturing his face and then stretching it over the the model of Modoc is what it looked like to me. It didn't look like an animated um like CG character. Yeah. But I could be is. wrong. Which I like that. I like the 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 aesthetic of Modoc because it's ugly. Mm-hmm. Um I mean so I mean I've seen comparisons, a lot of comparisons to Star Wars, which I really don't I mean, I guess a little bit, but like I was, I, I was thinking of the clone attack of the oh, clones. 100%. I meant to bring that up before. Yep. <laughs> I was, I was thinking John Carter more than anything. That's kind of in terms that of too. my interest level <laughs> and in terms of the look of it. But, um, but I mean, I also, you know, and that's where I thought maybe Frank would be a little more, um, into this movie because it did have a bit of a Valerian vibe at times, but it's just, you know, the, the, ideas aren't there like the sci-fi ideas aren't really fully fleshed out it's not quite funny enough to be like a guardians of the galaxy uh it's yeah like i agree with frank that it is pretty middle of the road um even for ant-man i think the reason why a lot of the fantasy elements don't land for me is the like pure photography slash visual nature of the world it's so like that I don't know if this is the right term. It feels like really desaturated, completely separated from the characters. And I don't know. It just, it feels that's the clone wars comparison or uh, yeah. Like episode two comparisons where it just feels completely disjointed compositionally from what's going on. Yeah. And I guess one other um, criticism I had of the action and maybe why, there aren't really that many memorable action set pieces. You kind of lose the sense of scale when you're in the quantum realm. You know, mm-hmm. the cool thing about Ant-Man is he's, he's giant compared to like things in the world or he's shrunk down and other things in the world are big now. But like, you don't know at this point, like he can get smaller and bigger, but like he's in this completely mm-hmm. alien world. So it doesn't really work. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like they, they went from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids to Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. And now this is like Osmosis Jones. Like, <laughs> St- pick a lane. I mean, it's basically the Doug Henning theme park, you know, being uh, shrunk down in, in a, to a micro scale and going inside of a flower. Uh, I mean, Doug Henning died when he was in his 50s. And I'm sure right now he's looking down from... Uh, below and just having the time of his life, right? I I should have asked before. I'm not sure I know who Doug Henning is. Should I know? The magician. Okay. You should know, yes. All right. Is he from Niagara? He's, He's Canadian. Canadian. Okay. How did he pass away? Was it through his work? Oh, I did not. I had a different person in mind when I was picturing so, do you, Doug Henning. Do you know who... Uh, do you know who Gallagher is, Nuno? Yes. He, right. he, he smashed yes. the watermelons. Right. So, so picture uh, it's out, Gallagher. It's out of focus, Jay. 
Picture Gallagher <laughs> with more curly hair okay. and uh, and the same mustache. I, I like him already. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll look him up. <laughs> I, I guess yeah. in terms of like, the, there's so many main characters. There, it's so uh, like diversified in terms of who's getting attention in the movie that like the, I would say the third billing would be the daughter. I, it kind of felt like they were building her up to be the new ant woman or something along those lines. And I like, she, she was kind of a dud for me. Like, uh, I'm, I'm not feeling it at all. She felt like the most TV out of anything in the movie. Yeah. Th- th- there was a moment at the end where I thought, Oh, okay. They're actually going to a place where maybe they're, they're, they're passing the torch to her. But then, like Jay, like Jay said with his comparison to a TV show, it kind of ends without consequence. Like it kind of goes to a point where you're alluding there's going to be like a big sacrifice, and then they immediately do a 180, and they're like, "Nope, we're all good." Back doesn't, to where we started. Doesn't the movie end on a freeze frame too? Where they're all jumping at once? <laughs> no, like doesn't he? Doesn't yeah. he take a bite of cake at the end and it freezes? Maybe I just I'm, that's oh, what I'm maybe. picturing. Something he, like that, yeah. Or, or, or he says this cake is awful or something. Yeah. Or, I don't know. Yeah, but, the, the uh, ending was really weird. Like, I, I wasn't, they, they, like, tracking that joke at the end because it, I guess it's a reference to uh, Greg Turkington giving him a cake at Baskin yeah. Robbins. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're eating in a restaurant and it, it, it just didn't really, like, the callback was not that strong, I didn't think, especially it, it really, for a big you, end credit, you know. You're yeah. kind of a piece of shit for uh, asking a restaurant to let you bring your own cake in after you eat dinner instead of Me? eating their dessert. <laughs> yeah, you. I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Paul Rudd. I guess that's why it confused me, because I was like, I would never bring a no. cake into no. a restaurant. And <laughs> I've tried. Yeah, it's tough, right? I mean, I would have liked to, I, as I said, I love Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, I would have loved to see Mackay Pfeiffer in this, a little ER stunt casting. Um, uh, Scott Wolf would have been great in one of the roles, maybe as Ant-Man. I don't know. Um, but it's just a Jay, bummer. It's a bummer. Jay, if, uh, if you could throw in anyone from Lost to join Evangeline Lilly in this movie... Who, who would you pick? Uh, Tom Cruise's cousin. Who oh, uh, Ethan. Ethan, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Good choice. 100%. Um, Should that, we that's spoilers? Sadly, it. Yeah, let's do spoilers, Sean. Yeah. Got a, I, have, couple I have a lot to say. <laughs> small things. I've probably brought this up on previous Ant Man reviews. The quantum realm makes absolutely no sense. How anyone can survive in this realm, completely nonsensical. I'm fine to go along with it, but it has to be said. Uh, There's and, a major story flaw as well. Okay, well, I'm curious to hear what that is in spoiler. And we we bring it up with the Russo brothers all the time, but the whole beginning of Peyton Reed and the Russo and the Russo brothers was the splitting up of Vaughn and Wilson. So. Wilson did you mean Dupree with the Russo brothers? Vaughn did the breakup. Did I mix that up? 
Did I screw that up? Greg's looking at me like, what the fuck? I have fuck no idea you? who you're talking about. Michael Vaughn? Vince Vaughn and Owen Vince Wilson. Vince Vaughn and oh. Owen Wilson. Okay. One, they went their separate ways. They were too attached, and they both did their own vehicles. One did the breakup, Vince Vaughn, with Peyton Reed directing. Okay. And Owen Wilson did You, Me, and Dupree with the Russo brothers directing. And Were, were it, Peyton so Reed and the Russos those, together at some point? No, but they, they are just like, those two movies were tied forever, and now this has turned into the biggest franchise and franchises in the world. And I just want them to go back and make the breakup in <laughs> Dupree again, because those no, are the best movies any of them have ever made. Hmm. The fuck? These guys are not big movie directors. It's got to stop. I, I, I agree. I, I, I don't think Peyton Reed... I like the first two Ant-Man films. I, I, th- I think the scale and the pacing and the little bits of action work. I think throwing them into, again, this huge episode, Star Wars Episode Two spectacle, I don't know if he has the chops for that. Yeah, and that's where it comes back to the MCU, not really bringing in auteurs. They bring in like comedic TV directors. And, you know, I guess in terms of maintaining the the comedic tone of these movies, maybe that works, but kind of everything else suffers, I think, as a result. Yeah. I think ultimately the writing is the weakest part. Well, for this movie, for sure. I mean, all of them, but I mean, I, I think some of them are, genuinely funny but like i think you know th- there's also just characters that you know are kind of gone now and and you know there's nobody to really replace them the the dynamics that were there are kind of gone and that's a problem and like what's up with so phase four just didn't have an avengers movie then right like is that right. kind of weird like usually when, when did it start that's seriously bad phase cred yeah uh, Black Widow was the first movie in Phase Four, and then Wakanda Forever was the last one. Wow! So Phase Four was entirely like around COVID. Yes. So okay. this was a new phase starting. Yes, new phase. I never would have known. That. That's what I mean. That's that's my whole problem with this fucking movie is that it uh, it was supposed to launch like everything, and it uh, mm. I don't know took a huge fucking dump. Yeah, I mean, like, I, uh, doesn't Loki feel like the launch of that in some ways? Isn't this like a continuation of Loki more than it, anything? Yeah, the, this this movie seems don't spoil to have, anything. I mean, the, the the exposition that we get on Kang in this, it just kind of repeats things that you would have heard in Loki. But even then, I don't think they crack this character. Like, I I don't know anything about Kang in the comics. I wasn't an Avengers guy growing up, but um, I I like Jonathan Majors. I like that they kept his costume. It looks very, you know, 60s Jack Kirby. Um, I like Jonathan Majors. I, I watched him in um, Lovecraft Country on HBO, and I was sad that that was canceled. But um, I feel like they haven't cracked this villain because, I mean, this this was his moment to really be set up. And I still have two, so many questions about why and how he does stuff. Whereas Thanos was kind of like a slow build. He was charismatic and you knew what his whole purpose was. Like you kind of, in a way you could, you could see why Thanos does what he does. And, and logically you could be like, he's not 
totally wrong in believing what he believes and seeing that he's kind of the good guy. So, yeah, you don't. Yeah. I'm still confused. And if you hadn't seen Loki, I think you'd be really confused Absolutely. as to yeah. what's motivating this character because I'm still not sure. All right. Well, I think we should wrap this up and get into spoilers. Um, what are you guys going to give Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania out of five stars? I'll give it a two. I'm giving it a light two and a half. I'll give it a. Uh... Fuck it. I'm giving it a one. Ooh. Boom. Dropping oh, the hammer. Mm-hmm. I, Whoa, that I does, feel like that I'm deserves, the same as uh, Maybe I started something. <laughs> <laughs> a light two and a half. Yeah, two and a half for me as well. Stick around for spoilers at the end of the show. Okay, so we're going to move on to a few other things we watched. Does anybody have anything they'd like to talk about? I will defer to our guests first greg is there anything you've been watching outside of night court that you'd like to discuss <laughs> oh um, yeah, outside of night court don't, <laughs> mention, don't mention a single thing about night court okay um i did watch the uh the banshees of inner sharon that's on uh, disney plus uh, you know got a whole bunch of uh oscar nominations i, I knew nothing about it this was at a tiff i believe earlier this in or back in September, right? Um, so I didn't know anything about it. Um, I, I, I thought it was odd. Um, I, I don't quite understand um, why it got all these nominations. Like, it wasn't a bad movie. Um, I thought the performances were, were pretty good. Um, but it, it definitely was a little bit of an unusual film. This is the... the the guy that directed is the same one that did like in in Bruges with the same actors, right? Yeah. Which I did enjoy that one quite a bit. Um, haven't you guys seen this movie? Yep. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you guys did yeah. you guys review it? Uh, no, we reviewed it, we? but yeah. no, we didn't review it. I really liked it. Yeah. Me too. Like, like I, I didn't dislike it. I just I guess uh, I just I didn't understand why everybody thought it was so great. I mean, it feels it was, like this was, is a movie where hype has been had an adverse effect on people watching the movie. Yeah. Like, uh, it was definitely original. And so I get, I get the screenplay nomination cause it was, um, it was definitely a movie that I, I, I hadn't seen before, especially that the odd best friend relationship. Like I know, uh, I know Frank, when, when the Bills and the Dolphins play, we become mortal enemies. That's but true. I, I, I don't think that if I was to talk to you, you'd cut off a finger. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I watched that. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Nuno, what do you I, Yeah, I also just, uh, I won't t- mention a lot about it, but um, I really liked Banshee's of New Sharon. I think it was my favorite film by it's uh martin martin mcdonough i knew it was mcdonough um i think it was one of my favorite movies from last year i'm still playing catch up on a lot of the big films from last year i have a whole bunch of film junk um episodes still in my queue because i had to stop right at the spoiler discussion for a lot of movies <laughs> yeah so um yeah i really really liked pages of a and then i finally got to watch tar and I listened to the spoiler discussion 
uh, this morning on my way to work. Um, yeah, Tar, I wanted to watch it in theaters. It didn't work out. I feel like it had a really small window. Like for a film that I've been hearing so much about, I I wish it was easier to watch. I feel like it had a really small window in theaters and then it took forever to get on video on demand. Like does anyone, I, I don't know. It was, I, on, I had, yeah, it, it was on Peacock in the US for a little while. I don't know if there was some exclusivity oh, really? window there. Okay. But yeah, it wasn't in theaters very long. I think because yeah, it didn't and, do well, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? I, uh, it, it grew on me as I was watching it. I think in the first half hour, I wasn't sure. I think once I learned that, oh, you're not supposed to like her. And she's really good at being unlikable. And then kind of not really knowing a lot of the stuff she was talking about, or maybe really kind of like understanding where it was going. Um, and then I really appreciated it. And then I think the stuff that I really enjoyed was um, the impression it leaves on you afterwards. Like you think about stuff. Like uh, I had no idea what was happening with the social media stuff when someone's filming her. And then realizing who who that may have been. And then I did get the two glimpses of a, of a certain ghost in the, the movie, which was awesome. I thought that was really cool. I had to rewind. I had the luxury of watching it at home so I could rewind and be like, wait, what the hell is that? Like there's a out-of-focus ghost at two points. Um, and I love the ending. I know you got you all discussed this a while ago, but that ending was uh was pretty awesome. So yeah, I enjoyed that. And there's still so many movies I have to watch from last year, unfortunately. Um I watch a lot of TV, which is why I guess I'm on TV junk <laughs> uh, semi-regularly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's all, all the Oscar-nominated and everything, like all those movies are all now VOD so, yeah. or streaming in some cases. So definitely a lot, of, a lot more access to that stuff pretty quickly. Um, Jay? Uh, I watched... Fallen, starring uh, Denzel Washington and John Goodman and Donald Sutherland, James Gandolfini, Elias Kateas. I mean, this thing's loaded. Um, I can't remember if I'd, I think I'd seen Fallen before, but it just, it felt kind of uh, like there were moments that, that I recall called uh other moments i had no memory of i don't know if it's because i recall them from a trailer or something but it's a weird movie because it it falls in that sort of post seven um maybe just because it was a new line release and i'm reminded of the snap dvd case or something but this sort of dark um not quite a horror film but a little bit of a horror film uh, detective story it's um i it's fine like i i there are things i like about it but it it does feel a little dull a little kind of average middle of the road and um i think you know it was a big mistake watching fallen so close to ricochet because <laughs> i uh, am really struggling trying to remember which one is which <laughs> 
Um, I definitely remember Ricochet, but Fallen. Yeah, it's like the the weird. Have you guys seen it? Where it's like a ghost yep. passing through people, kind of like a, reminds me a little bit of Child's Play, where as Elias Kateas uh, is about to be executed, he touches someone, and then his this demon, uh, Az Azazel, or was it Azazel? Yeah, he, uh, he's, he's, like a, he's like a fallen angel, right, or something. Yeah is passed along uh from person to person and every time they brush against someone it's transferred over even in, into like a cat at one point and just kind of a and then the you know the point of view of the the spirit in the people when they're walking around and it's like just total like uh late 90s high contrasts you know greenish colors grainy <laughs> um, yeah it's very of of the era and um something that it feels like it should be better than it is i don't i'm not sure why it's not like a, a home run but um yeah it was it was uh i'd bought it on cheap charts so i, I wanted to watch it nice yeah I, I don't know i remember it being kind of creepy when i when i was younger but I haven't seen it in a long time. Frank? Uh, not much, but I did finish a film that I w waited a long time to finish. <laughs> uh, because, Greg, we were talking about the NBA All-Star game and how bad it was. And he said he decided to watch RRR instead. Wow. Yes. And I've been meaning to finish it. Now, when I stopped, I left at the perfect point. It was kind of like pretty much the halfway point when there's a huge shift in the plot and like the hands come together. It's, it's a big moment. So it was almost like splitting it up into part one and part two. And like, this is a credit to the movie. I remembered everything from the first half. Like it wasn't like, like, I don't even remember what happened in that movie. I remembered everything like from following paint, green paint to how they tracked where they were and all that. Like, so it was a pretty memorable first half, and I really enjoyed the second half. I think I liked the second half more than the first half. Uh, I don't know if that would have been the case if I watched it all at once, but the final action sequences and where the one character ends up visually with the bow and arrow and all, like that stuff was awesome. Yes. Uh, I, I love that. So, uh, yeah. The movie's great. It is. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's amazing. It, like, it's, it's flawed, but it's very entertaining. Nice. Uh, <clears throat> Craig, you, you enjoyed it as well. I'm assuming like, yeah, like, uh, uh, I was, I was sucked into it pretty quickly. And, uh, um, I, I was not expecting the, the, the musical number right in the, right in the middle of the movie, but <laughs> uh, which I thought was tremendous, but like, yeah, the, the end when, uh, I think, I think the character's name is Ram and he can't walk. And so the other guy is carrying him on his shoulders. That's so great. It's yeah. incredible. The fire, like even some of the like stranger elements, like the fire and water thing, like it, it really works well in the movie. It, 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 it's done remarkably well. Um, okay. So I, I watched something that was a bit of a carryover from the mummy premium. You know, some people were saying, why didn't you guys watch deep rising? You gotta watch the movie he did before 
Yeah, the, it's like the best movie ever. You got to watch that one. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Ricochet. No, but uh, <laughs> I had never seen Deep Rising. It's kind of like a movie that's like, I, I, you know, I can re- remember seeing the poster. I kind of like in my head, it's like a deep blue sea mixed with Mercury Rising. I'm like, I don't know. What is this movie? But basically, I assume what the pitch was, was Aliens meets Titanic. And the idea is there's some people that are trying to rob a luxury cruise ship. Mm. uh, And there's a sea monster that attacks that cruise ship. So by the time they get there, it's kind of like wiped out. All the, all the people on the ship are mostly dead and they're like trying to figure out why. And uh, then they have to kind of go up against this monster. And, you know, it's like kind of a cool setup, but I think for me, the big problem, well, there's a couple of problems. Obviously the effects are not the best. <laughs> like I, I don't mind the design of the creature, but it's, you know, another kind of late nineties, early CG thing that just looks pretty dated, uh, which is ironic. Cause I saw one of the posters, like the big selling point was like from the effects team who did star Wars and something else. <laughs> um, but the real problem, I think, is the cast is just not that interesting. Like, you don't like Treat Williams? <laughs> I don't like what is up with him? Like, was he ever like a big lead? Like, I, I'm trying to even think of what else I've seen him in. And I can't like I think of him as like more of a character actor, but it's weird to see him like as a, you know, a lead in this. And I, Yeah, I didn't think he was great. But I guess I, I, I think some people are fans of him. Uh, you've got Famke Jansen uh, and a lot of other people I did not recognize. Uh, I mean, you got Wes Studi and Cliff Curtis, who are great. But honestly, like pretty much the rest of the cast, I didn't know most of these people. I don't know if they've done anything since. <laughs> I have no idea. But like, it just felt like if you had some memorable personalities in there, this would have been a fun ride. But it was kind of dull. And uh, yeah, pretty forgettable. Treats coming up in the Phantom, bud. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did see that as well. So I'm kind of curious to see how that... Hopefully you give him a fair chance finally. (laughs) Gee, what do you got against this guy? Hey, I want to like Treat Williams. So dazzle me. Wasn't the, the, uh, the Phantom... Weren't all the, like, the, the teaser posters just, like, his fists and it said, Slam Evil... On the movie posters. Oh, yeah. With with the ring? Yeah. Good shit. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, those were the days. Yeah. So, back over to you, Greg, if you have anything else. Uh, No, just uh, RRR was the only other thing that I watched. uh, But shout out to uh, um, Ray Stevenson, who's in that movie, playing the governor. Oh, Uh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, we know Ray from his portrayal of Frank Castle in Punisher Warzone iconic yeah. performance yeah i've it's been a while since i've seen him in anything so uh okay nuno yeah there's uh there's a tv show which i just finished watching well the third court? uh no sorry <laughs> i'm uh i'm talking about the uh third season of happy valley it's a bbc series that used to be on netflix years yeah, ago Yeah, I, w- I was 
I saw some reviews for the third season and I was like, oh, I think this is a Netflix show. And I was kind of interested in checking it out. And like, is it even, it's not on Netflix at all it, anymore. No, right? it's no longer on Netflix, but it used to be. So I watched the first two seasons, like I think over eight years ago, I think there's like an eight year gap between at least that between the second and third season. And it's kind of like one of those dark detective shows. Um, if anyone has seen Mayor of Easttown, that was like mm-hmm. last year on HBO, right? Like when I watched Mayor of Easttown, to me, it's essentially, it has to, like it, it is intentionally lifting um, Happy Valley and a bit of Broadchurch. Like like it, everything about it has that feel of the, your typical um, small town British detective series. Uh, you know, that it, it gets like, that really gets into a lot of, dark territory there's always stuff about like you know child like a child murder and stuff like everything about kate winslet's character in mayor of easttown on paper is essentially the star or the main character from happy valley she's um she's a middle-aged uh detective in a small town who's raising her grandchild um who was you know born to a her drug addicted child who died by suicide and then there's like there's a whole mystery which entangles the entire town and secrets come up and like seems very similar that that's happy valley right there like and so it was interesting getting into the third season all these years later because it has such a huge cast and I literally forgot how everyone was interconnected. Um, but I did enjoy it. Um, I've, uh, yeah, they're hour long episodes. Um, yeah, it kind of, it, it scratched that itch. I stopped watching these British series, um, a while ago. I think I've fallen behind on Luther as well, but Happy Valley, I think was my favorite. Actually, Happy Valley and Broadchurch were just kind of like, they were like a time and place where I was like, I'm watching prestige, prestige British television, and you're just they, into child murdering. There, there's that too. You know what? Sometimes you just want to feel bad after watching something, <laughs> so you can look at your life and be like, you know what? I don't have it that bad. I don't live in this really shitty place where, well, I, I guess if I watch the news, there's horrible stuff happening all the time. But um, yeah, it's one of those feel feel bad, well acted great ensemble uh british series and uh the ending was actually quite good there's a lot of great catharsis in like the last 20 minutes they um it went to places it seems like it's building up kind of like um very impractical setups for things to happen and then it doesn't go there and it it has a really uh, well-earned ending so with all the all of our british uh listeners out there if you watch Happy Valley, it's back for a f- final season. So is there a way to watch it in, in North America currently? Like, is is it on, like, one of the British streaming services or? <sighs> it's, I don't know if it's on BritBox. I can't remember. It's it's a co-production with some with something else. It used to be a co-production with Netflix for the, like, earlier on. And I think it's jumped onto another streaming service. Yeah, hmm. I 
It looks I like the first it, two uh, seasons are on CBC Gem in Canada, but I don't know okay. the third season. Yeah, I believe the third season just wrapped up a week or two ago. Hmm. Gem is bleeping free. Yeah, man. It is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm interested. Uh, uh, while we're talking Mayor of Easttown, I just am recently hearing about another show that came out later in the same year as mayor of Easttown called mayor of Kingstown. (laughs) And I really hate how like video game titles is like the rise of or shadow of after one game with that title does well, this might be the most offensive title in the history of content for me, trying to latch onto mayor mayor of Easttown with mayor of Kingstown. And everyone thought mayor was mayor in the fr- it just drives me bonkers <laughs> that a show titled itself that. I mean, to be fair, it's about an actual mayor, so I know, but that's like uh, <laughs> what were those VHS parody movies where the title's similar? Like they would release a version of it, or maybe like DVD. the Asylum movies, like Transmorphers, yeah, or- yeah, that stuff. It's <laughs> right, like that right. level, and for prestige <laughs> television to be stooping to those lows is embarrassing. <laughs> Well, uh, before we move on, I was going to ask you, you know, you mentioned Luther and I saw the trailer for the Luther movie. Uh, it was playing in a theater, I guess, but, uh, but I think it's coming to Netflix. I have never watched Luther. Will I be able to watch this movie or is that stupid? Um, probably. I think I remember each season being somewhat self-contained and you kind of get, a handle on what Luther's all about pretty easily. You can kind of fall into it. I'm pretty sure. Would Nuno have needed to see the movie to yeah, answer this question true. properly? <laughs> I guess it was more a question of like, is it like a hard, it's not a producer. Movie. He didn't write it. Did he? <laughs> well, again, you know what? Just, just, just like many of these British series, which have like, you know, they, where they land, like, you know, um, a high, high profile actor who maybe goes on and their career kind of gets bigger kind of like with the BBC Sherlock, I think the seasons themselves or series are so, are so spaced out that they, you have to be able to have new people pop in when there's like a three year gap between them. So I imagine the movie would be kind of the same. I think Aegis Alba is enough of a draw, uh, dark, you know, mystery series in a movie. It, it makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. It looked kind of cool. I don't know that I would go back and watch the show. Although, is it like, I don't know. That's the one good thing about the British shows. A lot of times, six episodes per season, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, it's usually around that. Um, okay, Jay, anything else for you? Yes, Sean, I, I watched Ricochet. Ah, yes, Ricochet. Uh, <laughs> yes, which, uh, as we mentioned on one of our previous broadcasts, is not available on blu-ray or streaming services it seems um so i had to get this from the library and it is one of those movies that i remember watching often when i was younger and having fond memories of and again there were moments that immediately came back to me and it's basically about uh denzel washington plays a, a cop who arrests someone, a bad guy played by John Lithgow. He goes to jail. 
Denzel ends up moving up the ranks and becomes assistant DA. John Lithgow escapes from jail and starts to essentially um, frame Denzel's character in in ways that will corrupt his uh, family life, his professional life, and you know, so on and so forth. Those one of those kinds of movies. Uh, John Lithgow is over the top you know killer mode in this uh kevin pollack is in it and i kid you not they find a reason for him to do both a william shatner impression and a colombo impression um <laughs> not christopher very, walken very desperate no walken um <laughs> probably in his contract now i I, 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 it'd been a long time since I watched this and I had memories of just really liking it, seeing it a number of times, it being on repeat rotation. And then a moment happened and, I, and it was so strange because I just had like a flashback and it was a, there's a moment in the film where Denzel is kidnapped. They have him tied to a bed in an empty swimming pool in some hotel they inject him with heroin and and cocaine so that he's drugged out and then they have a sex worker have sex with him and they videotape it and have it as like you know uh this is how they corrupt him and and um try to tear his life apart and that scene as soon as it as soon as <laughs> i saw denzel in the bed i was like I remember this and and then the woman walking into the frame and her legs and i was like okay i i remember this <laughs> being on rotation you that scene over and over it's informed his scene. entire life <laughs> did, did robert zemeckis i realized this? my what's that i said did robert zemeckis direct this or were, 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 were you getting I a mean, flight it, flashback yeah, it was like uh, Denzel's bad side in flight, you know, like coming back to play. But the, I, I feel, I think it was like one of the early sexual awakening movies for me. Just watching like it. <laughs> this nude, attractive woman mount uh, Denzel Washington, who's completely drugged up on heroin and uh it's a wild scene and that's why you're a heroin yeah, addict <laughs> yeah exactly that's <laughs> why i'm drinking cough medicine um but yeah it's a it's a movie that it's weird it's been completely feels like it's been completely forgotten and or has it's it been a good scrubbed scrubbed from his career Maybe. I mean, it's directed by Russell McCahey, who did uh, Highlander and Razorback, and uh, we're going to get to him. He did The Shadow, directed The Shadow, uh, a respected genre filmmaker. I think he did Road Games as well. Um, and it is a goofy movie. Like, it starts feeling like a, a somewhat grounded procedural by the end of it. The, the whole thing is, you know, those towers in LA, what are they called again? Those uh, wire cone towers. You guys know what I'm. Wire cone uh, towers. Certainly not. They're on the poster, though. 
it's like a, I can't remember the name of them, but people will know what I'm talking about. They're a landmark in Los Angeles. And the whole thing is that the Denzel's character is wanting to uh, uh, like re, re, what's the word? (laughs) Not remaster. Restore? (laughs) Restore the things and and build a park at the bottom for kids and that's the big move so that that tower setting is lingering in the background of this whole film he's even got a little model of it in at home so the big showdown is denzel and john lithgow climbing these towers and like helicopters flying around news media is there Denzel has a rope that he like throws a hook and grabs one of the towers and swings around. And it's like an action movie at the end. And spoiler, I mean, sorry, spoiler 30 year old movie, but uh, he ends up like <laughs> connecting electricity to the towers. Cause they're metal towers and he swings off of it. And the, electrical current goes up the tower in like a animated rotoscoped electricity which i love i love the look of that but just kind of out of nowhere in this movie it just becomes a real goofy action film um but it's fun it's a fun movie and it's it's uh i have a lot to thank uh, <laughs> i think it's Ricochet the watts towers the watts towers yes it looks like uh, Fred Decker has a story credit on it too. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, yeah. so it was fun—a fun revisit and a great score by Alan Silvestri, like Judgment Judgment Night style score. Nice. Yeah. Not sidekicks. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't a favor score. This was. Yeah, this was one one for him, not one for them. Exactly. Uh, Frank, anything else for you? Nope. Craig? Nope. Nuno? Uh, one last thing. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite shows. Night Court? Maybe ever. <laughs> Close. <laughs> Lego Masters. With, oh, uh, nice. With, with host Will Arnett. Uh, the third season <clears throat> wrapped last Christmas, and I'm just watching it now. We're about halfway into the third season, and... I think Will Arnett is maybe the best television host of all time. Really? Better than oh. Mike Myers' character on the gong show? I, I I missed that. I heard all about it, but didn't watch it. I don't know. He just he is literally maybe one of the funniest um improvisation uh, improv, just kind of like off the cusp kind of humor. Like, yeah, just I don't know. So, like, have you seen David Spade guest hosting on Bachelor in Paradise? <laughs> uh, That's I'll, good I'll, shit. I'll put good it on the list. Shit. Sorry, I haven't seen that. I, I, you might have a, a contender up against okay. Will Arnett. Okay. I I think David Spade needs to come on to Lego Masters. Oh, he would crush yeah. Lego Masters. Okay. Dude. All right. All right. Well, it, it's it's a great show. Uh, you know, a competition reality show. I don't know if anyone's familiar with it. Um, I should watch it. It looks awesome. I've heard of it. Yeah, it's, it's, I, it's a lot something. Of fun. I, like I, I love competition shows, and I where where is it streaming um, or playing? It's on Fox. 
So I don't okay. know. I yeah, got it. That's, I got that's it from why the, I never. Yeah. I got I, it from the library. Yeah. I think I watched part of the first season, but yeah, I just didn't have a reliable way to watch it. So I kind of fell off, but it was yeah. good. There are was, ways to watch these shows. The library. Glad I there haven't are. canceled my TV yet. The library. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a lot of fun. If you, you know, if you, if you like Lego and you like competition shows and you know what? It's just, it's a feel good show. Um, there's not a lot of drama. I, I, I tend to avoid, you know, stuff that has um, reality show villains or, you know, kind of toxic characters. And Oh, what are you like, doing, dude? What a what? hero. Can we get a fucking hero drop for this guy? <laughs> please, please do. It's the only reason to watch TV. Thank you, Jay. That that means a lot. I, 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 I've, been, I've been waiting for some soundboard action, especially a hero drop. Yeah, uh, amazing. But yeah, I mean, no, I, a, I, we could do a retroactive hero drop for you uh, saying you're never going to watch Last of Us again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, I I have my son wants to keep watching it, and I'm like, uh, I think I'm done. I, I went from really liking it to just being like losing complete interest in it. And well, I think the next episode. <laughs> yes. Oh, you're shitting me. I can add an extra show note here. What we're not watching anymore. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to transition into another will who I, I've told Frank before who I think is literally the funniest person alive right now. That's Will Forte. Um, okay. He's up there. And, yeah. and uh, a show I haven't watched in a long time, but was unfortunately canceled also on Fox. Um, the Last Man on Earth. Um, I watched it as it aired. And watching um, The Last of Us, especially episode three, which I really enjoyed with, uh, was it Frank and bill are those there? yeah you got I'm it big <laughs> i couldn't help but just be reminded of how a lot of this territory has already been visited in the last i'm sorry in the last man on earth that will forte show um it the pilot itself stands alone as kind of like an amazing post-apocalyptic movie like the ideas that that they come up with where you're a sole survivor and you can essentially, he essentially crosses the country over the course of maybe two years or maybe one year. And the kind of stuff, the kind of hijinks he gets into or the kind of things that you can have access to. Um, but then it plays out like that series kind of does a, a time jump before he finds other people, I think. And uh, it really addresses some really cool stuff, like um, how long is the shelf life of gasoline if it's not if if, if fuel isn't being refined anymore? Um, I think within three years you can't run anything with gasoline. It kind of separates. Sold. Don't don't even yeah. say anymore. I I am in on this show. <laughs> if we it, can get to the the shelf life of gasoline, I am. It I goes am it it goes over everything about like you know what you'd eat. Um, 
you know how much how how much toilet paper you're going to use if you're living alone um converting converting um if you're if 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 you if there's if there's no indoor plumbing and you're too lazy to to haul water coolers up to the toilet when you just give up you just uh use a swimming pool you use your neighbor's pool as your toilet you just you just kind of carve a hole into the diving board and you just fill it with years worth of like feces it's amazing then you use uh, it as a garden later yeah it uh it goes into people who need medication for for mental health disorders and like yeah like uh, a primary character i think in the third season uh has you, you discover is bipolar and how they deal with that it's they think of everything oh they hmm. even go to um where can you live safely when all the nuclear reactors begin to melt down after four years it's pretty amazing hmm. like for for a half hour, for a half hour comedy it's pretty friggin epic um and also sorry just like the third episode of last of us um when they introduce a new character they kind of do this like once a year they kind of do like a almost like a soft pilot in a way it almost feels like a reboot where like jason sudeikis has an entire episode which is his perspective of the whole fall of humanity but he's an astronaut the lone survivor on the international space station and then you then kirsten uh kristen stewart no kristen wig sorry i'm getting the mix up. okay kristen wig gets gets her <laughs> own kind of like soft reboot thing where it's all from her perspective being this uh social elite and sounds like uh, lost <laughs> it's 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 pretty cool but this is how you actually meet these characters instead of being a flashback there's just an isolated episode which is essentially has a beginning middle and end kind of like sean was saying why people loved the third episode of uh last of us anyway the two funniest wills alive will arnett and will forte surprisingly didn't make the funniest movie ever when they made the brother solomon but um <laughs> it's it's still funny i guess but yeah i just wanted, I had to mention that that's that's all i got no love for will ferrell is this guy completely off the radar now Jeez. uh you know he's he's will ferrell huh? what about will wheaton <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's hilarious. There, there can only be two. There can only be two. Right. <laughs> Jay, if yeah. you need some TV show titles, Lost of Us. Mm, yeah. Just piggy, piggyback on this Last of Us craze. First of them. Hmm. I like it. They'll be huge. <laughs> I, I did see a meme where I think it was Pedro Pascal turned around with a big. Yeah, ass, and it was lust of ass. <laughs> yeah, it's on the Pretty film cool. joke Discord. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's a good one. Hmm. Now, did you see it somewhere? Or were you lurking on the Discord there, bud? I saw it on Instagram. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't. I don't do the Discord anymore. No thanks. Just got too much going on, you know. It's just bottlenecking. My cough syrup is bottlenecking. I gotta get get through this. Um, is it homemade yeah. cough syrup you're drinking? It looks like a weird bottle. 
Yeah, it's like a, a homemade sort of brew. Home remedy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I have one more quick thing. I'll just say I watched The Day After Trinity, a documentary from 1981 um, about the Trinity uh, nuclear test and uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer's involvement in the creation of the nuclear bomb the bomb um you know very kind of dated standard documentary but some interesting stuff there is this like i think i'm about to go on a a big nuclear war kick so be ready is this part of like isn't there like a trilogy like trinity and beyond and then like two other movies or something like that or that's different. The Trinity and Beyond is about nuclear, the nuclear testing, but they just share the the name Trinity because of that's the name of the site of the first nuclear test. Okay, so this but is Trinity and Beyond. Unrelated. Yeah, Trinity and Beyond is amazing. I I highly recommend that documentary by I think Peter Curran, who worked on Star Wars visual effects. Uh, give it a pokesy. I mean, I, I do sometimes refer to that as one of the early documentaries I, I remember seeing where it felt like, you know, something different, like a, it felt like a movie. It's a very cool, very cool cinematic. Nice. Yeah. I did. I also just purchased on iTunes Testament, which I haven't seen, uh, with Kevin Costner and it's about nuclear war, so I'm I'm excited to get did into I, that. Did I watch that one? I think I saw that one. I don't know. I don't remember anything. The um, director of uh, that day after Trinity was a camera assistant on Top Gun. Yeah, he's a effects guy. Cool. It's Peter Cran, right? Do you think Nolan? No, John Elsie. I like John right Elsie. No. That's the director of The Day After Trinity. Oh, yeah. Sean's talking about a different movie. Oh, okay. Trinity and Beyond. But do you think uh, Nolan's ripping off this Day After Trinity? I'm sure he assigned it. Assigned viewing for his cast, right? Definitely. Keep an eye out. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Uh, Well, let's get into DVD, Blu-ray, and VOD releases. Can I just say one more thing, Sean? Sure. Very quickly. I watched the first episode of season three of Picard. Mm-hmm. Did not watch season two. Oh, you skipped Didn't it, really okay. like season one. Interesting. I heard that season three is like its own thing. You don't need to be caught up on anything. And I was seeing on Twitter people, <clears throat> side note, uh, maybe I've said this before. Greg looks like he's manning a sonar station on a submarine. Nice. Doesn't he? <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. Can you say con con sonar? We've got a bogey coming up on port the port bow. I would be terrible at that job. <laughs> we snoop um, can. But the Did you, did you like Picard? So the, the, I did. I, I I mean I don't know where it will go from here but 
they're really leaning into the feeling of the original cast films uh, with the designs, the music, the feeling of, of Picard and Riker kind of getting together and they're on this mission and they, they kind of borrow a, a starship and feels very uh, Rathacon, Search for Spock, kind of in like uh uh style style wise even the design of of the ship in the show has uh more of a, a a look that's familiar to the the films than anything that's come out of like the uh new trek stuff um but yeah it, it was it was good i i had fun with it i don't know if it will remain intriguing and engaging and interesting but they basically are bringing the entire cast back except will wheaton um because he's they've decided he is too funny now um (laughs) but yeah i'm looking forward to checking out the next episode he's probably still uh, hosting the after show though right he is yeah (laughs) is brent spider uh, coming back sorry I think, he, he I think Data is dead. When is he coming back? Yeah, he, as I think he's lore in in this. Oh, nice. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you catch the? Uh, uh, I only saw this on on Twitter. The Easter egg of the uh, of the 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 whole episode. Uh, there's a there's a part where there's some sort of a statue unveiling a presentation. Right. The the character yeah. whose statue it is. Uh, appeared in yeah, one she, episode of one season or of one Star Trek episode. Yeah, I think it's the the one where the ship keeps blowing up. Uh, she's got a bob one? haircut. What's that? The time loop one. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. No, it's it's the one where or is it the Enterprise she's the, C? One? Yeah, she's the captain of the other Enterprise. Hmm. They're really yeah, yeah. digging deep for these Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's cool. Like I was thinking I'm never going to get to this cause I don't think I can get through season two, but maybe I'll just jump right to it. Yeah. Yeah. They, it's a new showrunner. They did a, a course correct and new sh- showrunner and new composer. And the music pays a lot of subtle, uh, tributes to James Horner's score and even some of the star Trek six score. Hmm. I was hoping the show would just be him in his vineyards making wine. Like I would watch that. Yeah. Stomping grapes. Yeah. And then they could do like the reference to the woman who falls over. (laughs) 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 Be pretty sweet. Yeah. All right. So DVD, Blu-ray, VOD releases. Not that much this week. Empire of light. It's already on Disney Plus. Uh, the inspection. Not that much. There's, there's. I just texted you guys the, 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 the <laughs> how many th- new things are kind of on the. A, there's a lot on VOD. We'll get there in a sec. Uh, Broker on Blu-ray, uh, The Old Way, and Station Eleven, uh, which I've, I've heard some good things about that show as well. That's a show, right? Or am I getting that mixed up with something? Yeah, else? is it, that's uh, like an apocalyptic. Yeah, I think it's like a kind of pandemic show based type on thing. a book. Yeah. So, got to check that out at some point. Uh, 
4K releases, The Magnificent Seven, Dazed and Confused, uh, Station Eleven, Slumber Party Massacre 1 and 2, Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit, uh, The Remains of the Day, and Puppet Master 3. Catalog releases, Magnificent Warriors, The Hunter, The Werewolf of Washington, Requiem for a Heavyweight, Crimson Rivers, and Sci-Fi from the Vault, four classic films, Thrillers from the Vault, eight classic horror films. I don't know what those are, but it's got to be some quality stuff in there. That uh, uh, that Magnificent Seven 4K, is it the original or the remake? The original. The original. Uh Digital releases. So, Women Talking, finally out on VOD this week. Knock at the Cabin, The Whale, Broker, Holy Spider, EO. Uh, I did see Infinity Pool is out. I don't think it's on iTunes in Canada yet, but it is on like Google Play, if that still exists, and something else. Um, I know it came out in the States on VOD like two weeks ago. So unrated? Yeah, I was just going to ask, does anybody know if that... I, I don't it's, think it's the unrated one yet, but that is coming. Okay. Um, and A House Made of Splinters, which I think is one of the other Oscar-nominated docs. And on streaming, we've got EO on Criterion Channel, Party Down Season 3? It's the third season, right? Or like, I don't know what they're calling it, the revival, I guess, on Stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bel Air Season 2 on Peacock, The Consultant on Prime, Die Heart, the movie on Prime, um, Liaison on Apple TV Plus, The Reluctant Traveler with Eugene Levy on Apple TV Plus, uh, Alcaris on Mubi, Bruiser on Hulu, and We Have a Ghost on Netflix. And in theaters, Cocaine Bear. So we haven't really discussed i don't know if we're doing cocaine bear or women talking or both but um i imagine one of those two will be the review i mean it seems like a logical double feature to me <laughs> it's perfect we're so, reviewing both films i no. mean we don't, we don't have to we can talk about it we're doing women talking because i bought it today <laughs> <laughs> it's fine by me no, I, I'm good. I'm up for whatever. You know me. I, you know me. I'm this guy saw Ant-Man. He's, he's good for anything. Yeah. I saw Ant-Man. Ended up saying two things about it. Probably should have just saved my money and stayed home. <laughs> I think uh, Cocaine Bear is going to be huge. Huge? I do. People that never go to the movies anymore are telling me they're like going to see it. Group outings. Whoa. Okay. Coke's back in a big way, baby. Tell me about it. (laughs) All right. Um, So, Greg and Nuno, thanks for being here. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having us. Greg, where can people find you on online? Guestman Lives on Twitter, Ball Junk Podcast, TV Junk Podcast. That's where I'll be. Perfect. Nuno? Yeah, uh, yeah, just uh, my portfolio, nunop.com. With uh, links to my socials. Okay. Send all Last of Us defenses and hate mail to that URL. Please, <laughs> please do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, patreon.com slash filmjunk, uh, filmjunk.com. And until next time, we'll see you guys later. Bye bye.
They actually had shrinking technology. Like you literally. Hey, Henning was ahead of the game on in every way, including shrinking technology. Okay, so we're getting into spoilers for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. If you haven't seen that, you probably should stop listening. I assume we might get into some Loki stuff as well. So maybe don't listen if you <laughs> haven't seen that. Um, anything else? I, guess I did. What, what movie are we discussing spoilers for, Sean? Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Okay, I missed it. I had to get up earlier when you announced the title. I wanted to make sure you got the full title. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. What a title. What a film. Great title. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. I think my like my my biggest issue with this movie it was that um it it didn't really deliver on anything that it was supposed to. Like we we know who Ant Man as a as a character is just based off of his his two movies and and uh, like the appearances that he's been in, in the event <clears throat> in the Avengers films. But to, like we didn't get any of that. Um, I. <sighs> Any any of that uh, tone that we've that we're used to with them, and like I think the fact that they didn't have any of the supporting cast from the other two, like his ex con friends and and uh, Cassie's mom and her new husband, I mean those characters added stuff uh, to those movies, and um and I just I I I felt that this was like it didn't feel like a lot of the dialogue just didn't feel like Ant Man stuff. Like there's one part where he's where he's uh fighting Kang and he says he said we had a deal our word is our bond and I was like what the fuck is this shit <laughs> fucking writing did like, that even come up earlier in the movie that our like, word is our bond garbage and yeah I remember and, that like line. they you know like you know Foggy was out there you know at the at the last Disney thing and just laid out the plan for the, the MCU and he's like you know, it's all going to start with Quantum Mania. You're going to get to meet Kang, and you know, we get this. I, mean, I think Kang's an interesting villain. Like he's just like a guy, but he's able to use technology from different times to make himself powerful. Like he's he's not he doesn't have like like powers in him. He's just a dude, um, and uh, so like I, I kind of liked uh, all the stuff that he was doing, and like he was we were led to believe that he's this massively powerful guy throughout the entire movie. And then he fucking loses to the Ant-Man and the Wasp were like the that, worst. The, yeah. of the Avengers. That's a good point. <laughs> I was really confused because early on, it seems like he is completely like all powerful. He just like, it's, it's flicks like he a does finger the, and the like, tooth and Modoc yeah, goes flying. Yeah. Right. And he gets taken down by fucking ants. I didn't under, like, I was like, did I miss something? Is there some weakness that they explained that I missed? Like what is going on? But 
it, yeah, it's just I I think they uh, and I, yeah I totally blame like this was bad script and and Peyton Reed was kind of lost in in the the you know the epic that he was trying to portray on on the screen and I can't remember which one of you guys said it like <clears throat> when when Ant Man and and Cassie are both giant and they're running around like you couldn't tell that they were big <clears throat> like there was nothing for you to look at to be able to judge their size and so like you know when when ant-man grows uh, to be like giant man and he's huge i mean that's kind of a cool visual of him like picking up people but they didn't do any of that and like and i thought the the actress that played the daughter i thought she was really bad like Catherine newton like um and you know like uh there was one thing i, I think frank you mentioned something about uh uh, the the activism and that she was really big on all that and she says to her dad you know like you know you don't help people like or what, why why did scott lang stop helping people in general like they didn't really like really expand on that like she kind of yelled at him for not not doing the right thing anymore and it's like well, what what has he been doing like he's got that book in, which is actually going to be a real book in september Oh, they're, no. they're releasing Scott Lang's <laughs> Look Out for the Little Guy as a real book. And Frank, oh, I'm totally boy. getting you a copy. <laughs> Do not. We're going to put it with all your Nintendo toys, and you're going to look <laughs> at it every day, and you're going to be so happy. But yeah, That's like it. I was, I was just, I was super bummed out with this movie. It, it didn't, it didn't deliver on any of my expectations uh, and what they really promised. And like, I don't know, like. Um, the next couple of movies aren't really going to have anything to do with with Kang, which is probably I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing, but uh, I think there was just there was too much uh, in such a short time between the television shows and the movies and uh, and the quality and a lot of that stuff um, <clears throat> was just not up to par with some of the quality of, of the earlier stuff, and I think they need to slow down and and really kind of space out their stuff like having four big films and four television shows every year was not a good idea well even who the character of ant-man is like you were saying greg like the idea of helping other people or helping the little guy i don't remember that from the other ant-man movies that's not what i like other than a generic hero if anything i would have think ant-man was a, a little different than other heroes that help people that he was a little more self-serving uh, just from what I remember in the first movie, but, and like the, the, the only gag is that he's an Avenger and he's like the le- lesser Avenger, which even lends more to the, like, why can't Kang beat this kind of Avenger that people confuse with other Avengers? It's, it's so all over the place. And then tying back to the, the starting element with the daughter, I'm sh- Nuno alluded to this as well. I, I'm assuming we all thought they were going to be stuck in the quantum realm together. Like yes. they, yeah. like that they weren't going to go back and, or make a sacrifice at some level or get killed. Well, <laughs> like it yeah. just completely erases that idea. I, I was like, I, for a minute there, I was like, are they going to kill Ant-Man? Like, exactly. no, there, yeah. no, there's no way they're going to do that. And of course they don't, they're not even close, but like, you know, for a minute there, it was interesting and it, yeah. I, I did read that there was an uh, uh, one of the earlier drafts of the film is that they were going to be stranded, Ant Man and the Wasp, but in the quantum realm. It would it would make more sense. I mean, like they they kind of allude to it, <clears throat> and I don't really understand how 
they were able to open a portal literally two minutes later, like with with like no effort. I thought the device that opened that portal was in the quantum realm. And yeah, it, they're they were building up to them getting stranded. They're on top of the Golden yeah. Gate Bridge at the beginning. All they they just need each other, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It, like the movie was <clears throat> leading to that ending, and it was so weird when the the, the ending, the book ends with the internal monologue with Ant Man and San Fran is brutal. The welcome back, Cotter music. Yeah, oh. yeah. I um, like. Don't get me started game. on the clo- the the multi versions of Ant Man. That the 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 pile of them. Okay, I, I did want to talk about this. Like, so th- this was, I mean, the idea of them forming an anthill I thought was kind of cool. However, um, they totally just like were super lazy with the uh, with the designs. Like, it was just a bunch of Ant Mans. Like, Ant Man. Like, they could have had you know. Um, one of the Ant-Mans in like the original 1960s Ant-Man costume. I mean, Hank Pym, uh, you know, in the comics, he was giant man. He was Goliath. He was yellow jacket. He had all kinds of different costumes and the wasp had a different costume in the comics, like every 10 issues. And like, there was zero creativity in the designs. They had one, one Baskin Robbins guy, which breaks everything. Cause I would have been more on board with the idea that they're, like it's all possible versions of Ant-Man within that moment, like spreading out right. uh, with different decisions. But the fact that they bring in Baskin Robbins at Ant-Man, Ant-Man and, and one of those or Scott Lang, I should say, and it's one of those out of these mi- thousands of just generic Ant-Man makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. So they should either been all the same or, yes, exactly. or have some differences, <laughs> right? Yeah, like that would have made way more sense, and it would have looked much cooler, I think. Especially you know having all these different Easter eggs from people that have been reading the comics for their entire lives of different costumes and shit like that. I mean, they could have you know used the um, the, com- the the suit from the uh, the irredeemable Ant Man, which was what Edgar Wright wanted to make when he first uh, was on board the the first Ant Man film, and oh, they, they just it felt uh, like they spent so much money on this but they you know where did they use it on I'm, I'm not even sure like we had we had a jelly guy who was talking about his holes for a bunch of the movie i bet frank you probably thought that was fucking i didn't hilarious. even get it to be honest like <laughs> yeah some of that stuff just felt like last minute rewrites to like oh this is too serious we need some humor and then they just throw some random character in mm-hmm. there yeah, and that's the thing. Like some of that stuff, like I've seen people comparing like to Rick and Morty and saying like you know because there are some Rick and Morty uh, writers and producers who have been involved in the MCU and saying that and and I'm like I don't know man like Rick and Morty is way more creative than anything that was in this movie but mm-hmm. um, I yeah I just well it, I, it's written by someone who wrote on yes. Rick and Morty right oh really. Yeah. Yeah, Jordan Love Lion. No, where does his Jeff name? Jeff Loveness. Yeah, and he. I am seeing an article right now on FandomWire.com. Get get a load of this headline: <laughs> The man who wrote Quantum Mania is writing Avengers: Kang Dynasty. Marvel Marvel fans demand MCU change Avengers Five writer Jeff Loveness after <laughs> Ant Man Three disaster. Yikes. Yikes. Poor guy. 
What a but, you know, like you always got to think too, like there's probably like five other writers on this that aren't credited. So who knows? Right. But yeah, there could be AI writing on these series at this point. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They, they might stub out the plot with chat GPT <laughs> and get some comedians to punch it up. Oh, uh, sorry. I'm uh, just uh, rolling back a bit. When Frank was saying, um, sorry, I just watched the first Ant-Man not long ago with the kids. And um, so Scott Lang landed himself in jail because he was looking out for the little guy in the first one. Okay. He, uh, he was a whistleblower for some for some uh, huge corporation where the billionaire CEO was stealing money or overcharging people. And he, he was a whistleblower, lost his job. And then uh, burgled the headquarters and uh, like posted all of the bank records online and then returned the money to everyone. And so he went to jail for that. Okay. So, so Cassie's activism and Scott Lang's original backstory is that he is, he's someone who gets into trouble because he's trying to help the little guy. All right. Point rescinded. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you for defending Ant-Man's honor. And uh, <laughs> Jeff Love Loveless's Love Loveness's honor. It's also Paul Rudd's honor because he's just a nice fucking guy. Just he's a national treasure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing we haven't talked about: there was an, a whole other idea or character in this movie. Uh, play the character played by Katie M. O'Brien. I didn't know the right, character's yeah. name, Jen Tora. Yeah, yeah. Which is uh, the the the. I guess the leader of sorts of the people they're trying to help within the quantum realm. Sure. Which that side plot idea really doesn't get explored at all. It's, no. it's kind of a, a complete dud. dud. A lot of this movie is a dud, but can I add one more element to that with the quant? How did the quantum realm get full of people since yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer was stranded there? And now, because I think by the end of the movie, you know, the relative passing of time is no different in the quantum realm. Why Except that's is not it- true? Because uh, when when Scott Lang was in there for five years post uh, the snap, he tells Captain America and Black Widow, he said, "But it wasn't uh, five years for me. It only felt like five hours for me," which gives him the whole idea of going back. And 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 using the quantum realm time and space oh. thing to change it. So like that was the key part of Endgame. You didn't say I watched Interstellar. <laughs> no, it just said it only it felt like five hours for him, whereas it was five years for everybody else. So Michelle Pfeiffer should have only been down there in her time mm. thirty hours and not thirty years because mm. they totally changed what it was like between the quantum realm and, and regular. So like. They, that Maybe was, it's uh, just di- experienced differently by different people. Well, okay, but how do the p- different people get there? That was my original question, Sean. Maybe, I thought it was they were the only people there. Maybe Michelle Pfeiffer and Bill Murray populated all the humans there. <laughs> yeah, maybe if she was actually there for like 30,000 years and they were... But you'd still die. Your cells age at this... Even though it's yeah. relative, she'd be dead. It's impossible. This movie... I'm sorry. Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum mania makes no sense. It falls apart. Where's Neil deGrasse Tyson coming after 
Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Oh, my God. Do you have to say the full title every time? <laughs> what? Does Marvel have, outside of Kevin Feige, do they have, like, a, what's his name? Like, um, Michael Lakuda, that's his name, right? On, on Star Trek, who's kind of, uh, and Denise, his the partner. Lore Denise. Yeah, like, the, overseeing the lore, making sure everything's consistent, does Marvel have uh, someone like that? It's Greg, right? Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> they, they should hire you, Greg. I uh, mean, that, that inconsistency seems like a big, like the time difference seems like a big uh, misstep. It, it reminds me of actually, I was just watching Party of Five and Charlie is having a baby and Owen, the youngest in the family, uh is having a negative response to this new baby being in the house, you know, as competition. Claudia mentions it to Charlie and he says, Claude, we all went through this. I was the oldest and I had to deal with you guys coming in and stealing all the attention. And I acted out as well. Not two episodes later, Charlie says the exact opposite thing. Like, don't worry about, you know, uh, Owen, we, we didn't go through any of this. I don't, you know, like he just completely <laughs> goes back on what he said two episodes earlier. Fuck. Where's the so party of five part- lore master? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Question. I guarantee if there is a lore master on these films, every once in a while, like Kevin, Kevin V is like, yeah, maybe we could twist it a little bit. What do you, what do you think? Like, uh, what if we did this instead? And they just, cave in no matter what you think you're saying, no this does not fit oh we have to respect the lore master is that is that your impression of kevin feige <laughs> no i was just doing like a generic movie person trying to get someone to cave in to demands i think you were making fun of kevin feige i have no idea yeah, certainly there wasn't even an intent at making fun of someone's voice in what i was doing <laughs> It's it's been it's like working in production environments and someone comes over and it's like, do we really need to do this? Like, do, can we possibly go in this direction? And they're they're gonna go in that direction no matter what. They just w- want you to say it's okay. Called being a team leader. <laughs> so I mean, speaking of things that are don't make a lot of sense or a bit silly, I mean it was a pretty minor thing, but like the part where Michael Douglas talks about the ants, like evolving over time and that whole thing, I was like, what is going on? Like, I guess, I, I, I guess it's kind of played for laughs a little bit, but like it, it just like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I got even to- worse when uh, the ants show up and he's like, I thought it was just something wrong with my, hearing aid or whatever the, the fuck and they, they do all the flashbacks like remember when he was walking around and heard these weird noises this is the payoff to that <laughs> okay. i got up to get a second popcorn i think when the when the ants thing was explained i have no idea how these ants work or how they get to where they end up I mean, right? that's how they beat kang right yeah, yeah those ants we got to get to post credit because that's really the only. It's probably the most interesting thing in the whole movie. Yeah, I agree. So before we get to that, so like this, Kang said that he killed Thor in a different timeline, mm-hmm. right? So how how did he get beat by these fucking assholes? He's afraid of ants. 
He's afraid of big it, ass it ants. It just oh, seemed, it seemed weird. Like Ant, as soon as Ant Man was big, <clears throat> suddenly Kang wasn't a threat. He was like picking him up, throwing him around. It just seemed. Yeah, like, yeah. What, what, what else is weird? What, what was what was also weird is that okay, when Scott turns big in the end and he charges for the multiverse engine, whatever it is, as it's leaving, <clears throat> he's ta- he's taking on heavy fire, and we've never seen him get shot at or you know take projectiles and he's like freaking godzilla he's taking on you know futuristic tech he's getting blasted by tanks and ships like i didn't know he had this impervious you know ability it yeah. it, it, it seemed weird to see him in a hail of like laser blasts <clears throat> Definitely made me wonder about the suit and if the suit actually offers any protection or anything. But, well, I mean, like the, the, the suit, that's nothing too. Like, just like every Marvel thing looks the same now, the whole like the suit is contained in a little like button you press and the whole nano thing and how the helmet kind of comes down on its own. It's like in the first two films, the suits are very low tech as far as like Stark tech, you know, compared to other technology. They kind of like are on the fritz. They're kind of unstable. In this, it's like, oh, everyone has the Iron Man Nano technology now. It's a, it's a small nitpick, but again, it it separates this film from the other two. It just doesn't. It feels like it's wholeheartedly an MCU movie. Where I feel like the first Ant- Ant- two Ant Man films are like Marvel light and more about the comedy. And, yeah. uh, yeah. Oh, speaking of comedy, I will say the, the two parts that I laughed at when Modoc is dying, they try one gag, which I rolled my eyes at where he puts his hand on Scott's face and says, Scott, you're like a brother to me. That wasn't, fu- that didn't work for me, but I laughed at the same thing you're about to say <laughs> immediately after that, when he says, at least I died an Avenger. I don't know what happened. I just fucking like lost it. That no, was... I, I, I didn't laugh at that. I was laughing at not laughing, but when he was just spitting up whatever he was spitting. Oh, up. Yeah, 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 that was okay. good too. All right. The, the, the Avenger line word for me. And then the other time I laughed had to do with Modoc. It's when Scott first shrinks down underneath the multiverse engine and he's, he's checking his comms and he's like, hello, Darren. Darren, and you think like he can't hear him? Then he says, Modoc, and he's like, Hey Scott, like he he won't respond to Darren. I don't know. That was kind of funny. But he what doesn't did really you keep think that about up throughout the movie. No. What, what did you think about the uh, uh the Modoc bear ass? Oh, in, in, in his little origin story? Yeah. Yeah. It, it it got a slight chuckle. Yeah. Is now is there any connection to the comics in terms of yellow jacket being modok like is there no. anything there no no Mo- modok isn't even human he's like he's completely cybernet like he's he's just a creation by if i'm not mistaken aim right aim right. created him yes yeah he, he's like a computer or like a robot yeah i don't really know if they needed to make him Corey stole then like it's kind of weird like i feel like i would have been more into the character if he was just this random weirdo character that's in the quantum realm but well i i did i did find it uh a little creative that they actually used 
Corey Stoll in the movie because you know that's essentially where he go ends up at the end of the first movie, first Ant Man film. So I was, I, I guess uh, you know I, I did like the fact that they used him in some way. And really, the only thing that actually I think I liked about this movie was the dynamic between the early dynamic between um, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and Jonathan Majors, like when she rescues him. And then, you know, they go on the, the mission to rebuild. Like, I thought their relationship and, and their dialogue and, and the, their characters there, um, I really liked. Um, and I liked when she, you know, realized who he was and, like, the the look on his face when he was acknowledging that she knew uh, his, his past. Um, I thought that was really good. It's probably the only piece of good acting in this movie, but, like, I thought the two of them were, were good together. Well, so on the topic of Kang, um, and, and I guess Jonathan Majors, like, I guess I'm, I'm like I was saying, I'm not totally sold on him as this big villain. I agree in terms of comparing him to Thanos, like Thanos had more humanity to him. He just, you know, you could kind of, uh, understand his powers, like deal, you know, coming from the gauntlet, like he had specific things he could do. I don't get Kang and I just feel like they've never really explained like you're saying, Greg, that he's just a guy with technology, but like he feels like he's a god at you know in this movie. Uh, but he gets beat by Ant Man, so I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, but like, so this I, this idea yeah. that like he's in a way it feels like they're tra- building him up to be a bigger villain because he's not just like wiping out worlds, like he's wiping out entire timelines. But it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around that, and. And then there's the, I guess, um, the the thing at the end with him, like all the different versions of him. Yeah. So like the the, the council of Kangs, I guess. Like so, like the the Kang that we saw um, was a Kang that was was exiled by the rest of the Kangs, and so like he's, I I don't think he is going to be the Kang that we're going to get later on. I think there's a bigger one. Really? Wow. That's kind of what I'm thinking. That would be really weird to me. That like yes. I, I, I kind of feel like this is the Kang and when I see the end credits, all the, the other Kangs feel like different versions. But uh, those are the more interesting ones to me. Like the the costuming, the like the different personalities to all of them, that is the potential of Kang to me. And for like Jonathan Majors to like showcase playing all these different versions of Kang, uh I, th- I think that would be an awesome yeah, idea like, if so, they can pull it off. Um, the three of them that were talking in the in the first post credit scene, like there's there's Ramatut, who was a you know an an Amortis. Uh, uh, he had like the the like the help the headpiece, and I think the third one was the Scarlet Centurion, which is another Marvel character. Although I'm not a hundred percent sure that that's who it was. Those are the the other three big um, variants of Kang in the Marvel comics. Now. Um, None of those three, oh, okay. I think, actually began that way, and it was kind of retconned in the comics later on that that was <clears throat> Kang the whole time in different versions. However, that is like comics lore. Those three characters are all different versions of Kang, and so I don't, I don't know if those three are going to have something to do later on or, or whatever. But um, I think that was more of a of an Easter egg and just explaining that the the you know the exiled one is. So I'm not really sure what their issue is, what they were talking about. If if the one move, the Kang we saw in this movie is actually dead or not. Yeah, having a ha- having no prior knowledge of Kang, that first uh, end credit stinger, 
I thought came off as pretty goofy and silly, like seeing like the Pharaoh King and then having this big Coliseum full of Kings. Um, I'm hoping that the King who was defeated in this is the King who comes back. I mean, he's got the costume and I don't know. Going back to Loki, the season finale of that, the first time we see Jonathan majors, there's only one timeline. This is, Pre multiverse, the, sa- <clears throat> yeah. the sacred timeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sacred timeline, and I believe he's saying, "If you, I'm the only thing stopping the worst versions of me from starting a multiverse war and taking over." I was assuming the one who gets exiled is the worst of them all, like the the one the one who's called the conqueror, which was the villain in this one. I'm assuming he's the one that Marvel wants us to know that is, is coming back as the as the big bad but how big of a bad is he? he just got his ass kicked by fucking ants and the wasp but sorry i'm a little confused <laughs> so with nuno's explanation was the it sounded like the other kings referred to at the end of loki are worse yeah there are lots like, of bad kings yes most so, of them are bad so is uh, re- refresh my memory at the end of loki is that a, like a, a reasonable king or a good king that's trying to he's 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 apparently the the least dangerous of them all because he believes in one timeline and the other ones want do- want to dominate so his villain aspect would be like the preserving his timeline element of all the other stuff so i actually think that 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 the one from Loki is the one in this movie and it'll be stopping the worst Kangs and it'll be kind of playing into Kang being maybe working with the Avengers at some level. And there'll be other Kangs by the end of the phase. I think that makes the most sense. Well, well, well the one from Loki gets killed though. He does. Yeah. yeah he gets, yeah. he gets stabbed. That's he why gets, the timeline split. Yeah. He dies. And it, 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 it supposedly created the multiverse when he I'm, dies. I'm done. I'm permanently <laughs> vetoing. I'm I can't even like. Yeah, I mean, he dies. But I'm assuming, Frank, this is kind of what you were talking about in terms of like potential for for Jonathan Majors, like the idea that he's playing all these different versions, yeah. which is kind of cool. But I, yeah, yeah. See, like they did. Uh, you know, Jonathan Majors gets to play different versions of Kang and. And in the Loki show, when the, there was all the different Loki variants, they were all different. There was a kid, there was Richard E. Grant, there was an alligator, and then this scene with all the different Ant-Mans, they're all the fucking same. Yep. Except for Baskin-Robbins. Did, it, did everyone watch the uh, the final credit scene? Yes. No. Oh, okay. What I did. The... I don't remember what it is. So, so was that... basically, no. it's, a, it's another Kang, Victor Timely. And he's talking, but it's set in like the early 1900s. Oh, right, right, right. And he's talking about time. And in in the crowd watching it is Loki and Mobius. Um, and they and he, I get the idea that uh, this obviously is going to tie into Loki season two. And I think they're going to be hunting all the versions of Kang throughout the series that's kind of what i'm assuming because they're talking about how because loki says you know this guy's very dangerous he's the most dangerous one and owen wilson was like oh he doesn't look very dangerous and you know whatever in his owen wilson voice but uh uh so i don't know if if that's going to be the big bad or or what but uh but yeah it tied into the second season of Loki. yeah if if anything 
the one thing I liked the best about this movie was that final scene. I mean, if, if that's actually a scene from Loki season two, I'm looking forward to seeing Jonathan Majors playing different Kings. And I mean, that's kind of cool if, if you've got this actor who's supposed to be the big bad actually appearing in one of the regular like Disney plus series. That's, that's a bonus, I guess, but I don't know. It just doesn't work on film for some reason. I think it works on the Loki storyline, but when did we start uh, with this term, big bad? I don't know. I think, you, I think you came up with it. Did I? No, or, Frank I did. Okay. Frank came up. I did. Yeah. You never I heard the just... term big bad before, Frank? <laughs> Episode 421. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's coming up a lot. I don't know. It's, I, 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 I never remember saying it all this much before, but whatever. I, Either way, the end, very end of the second credit sequence is Kang will return. Yeah. Like, duh. Like, what, what, what is that? Is that not the it weirdest thing? It says that on the screen? Yeah, the last thing of the movie is Kang will return. Does it say in? No. Like, is it a Bond reference? No. No. I'm, I'm pretty sure most of the MCU movies do that. They do. Yeah. It, if if you stay if you stick around to the very end, they say Kang will return. No, <laughs> yes, they, all they, of them. No. The, like uh, Thanos but, will return was at the yeah. end of uh, Infinity Gauntlet, and 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 I think the first I think the first Ant Man had Ant Man will return, or like I think when they when they know that a character is lined up to appear in an, uh, in either a sequel or in one of the Avengers films, they usually have that little James Bond thing at the end. Hmm. I'm officially, there was a time where I felt so pot committed to Marvel that I had to keep watching them. I think I'm about to cut, cut B. I'm like, okay, I think I'm done. Do it. But this, <laughs> see, this is what I think. Like, I feel like a lot of people are feeling that way right now. People are not keeping up with the, the shows. And, you know, at a certain point, that's not good for Marvel. Mm-hmm. People are not feeling obligated to, to go out to theaters because they have to see where the story goes. Uh, I kind of feel like that's that's where we're headed. But well, the next one is the the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie, which I hope is self contained and isn't part of the multiverse. Which I think it will be. I think uh, indirectly it will be, but uh, I think it'll be fairly self contained. It may be the last great MCU film. Maybe. No, oh, I think that we've seen the last great MCU film. <laughs> Whatever it was. Was there a great MCU film? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I I just think like I know and we've said this before. They've got X-Men. They've got Fantastic Four. They've got things that they can build to that will excite people. But I just feel like that idea of like you put Marvel on something, people will show up no matter what. I think that's starting to fade a bit. Um, yeah, I, I I have a feeling that their their plan is to incorporate all the properties which the MCU hasn't had before, and I'm guessing like many you know people out there who are you know thinking that at the end that the Secret Wars is essentially going to be bringing in the X Men, bringing in Fantastic Four, you know, make, having like taking the multiverse and merging it into one like one universe but i mean that's like four or five years off like i don't know if it has the legs to get there like i think people are no longer interested no one knows who the avengers currently are 
Um, and yeah, I mean, if the X-Men is supposedly their saving grace, that's still a ways off. Yeah. It, see, it does seem weird that there was no Avengers movie for this phase. Cause it, you know, even some kind of team up cause it's, yeah, it's people have completely lost track of that. Now. Yeah. I, I actually, I, I thought for, for some reason, I thought this movie would have had a fantastic four reference. I know that, you know, because it's, it's already just an MCU stepping stone. I thought you may as well go all the way. Like I thought for sure an end credit stinger would have revealed that the fantastic four were the ones who banished Kang, but that hasn't happened yet because that happens in the future and time and space mean nothing in the quantum realm. But <laughs> I was like, you may as well fucking do something with this. I don't know. Yikes. <laughs> All right. Um, it's just a bummer. It's just a real bummer. <clears throat> Total buzzkill. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any other spoiler thoughts on Ant-Man? No. Nope. Okay. Thanks for listening.